Hello, and you're very welcome to this edition of the IMI Talking Leadership Podcast. How can we develop the capabilities to deal with an era of rapid change when we're so invested in maintaining the status quo? To help us navigate the balancing act for leaders between present concerns and future priorities, and to explain why our successes can often lead to our failures, we're joined this week by Aidan McCullen. Aidan is a change consultant and executive coach and works with organizations to improve engagement and innovation, encouraging a mindset of what he calls permanent reinvention. I'm delighted today to be joined on the IMI Talking Leadership podcast by Aidan McCullen. Aidan, how are things with you today? Very good, David. Great to be with you. One place I wanted to start with you is just as we look at the current context, I suppose, we see that there's change on multiple levels. So whether that's the drive for sustainability, uh, socioeconomic issues, but I suppose the, the takeaway that from all this is that, you know, business as usual, as, as people refer to it, is simply not good enough anymore. And that there's this kind of sense that things have to be, you know, more dynamic and uh, more, I suppose, changing on a more frequent basis. So I, uh, from your point of view, how can leaders and their people kind of move away from this safety of the known and adopt more of a future focus? Well, you've made a great point first to kind of put some sense on that, that the era we're living in, we've had a very kind of peaceful era, if you want to call that over the last 80 years or so, where there's been no war as such, there's been, you know, there has been recessions, there has been turmoil in that respect. But relatively, it's been quite an easy period where businesses have been able to predict based on the past quite accurately, they were able to defend quite easily. But that business world has totally changed. And that predictability is gone. So that that's the big, big challenge. And Many people have been educated for predictability, for I know what's going to come pretty much based on past facts. I can also defend somebody else through marketing before social media opened up, etc. So I could kind of mask authenticity, if I want to call it that, by, by having a big marketing spend. And because of all that, the world has entirely changed. So everything we had been educated for is now over. And that, that's where the root of this challenge really is. So there's a great saying where a business is like, I'm trying to, you know, build a jumbo jet midair type thing. And unfortunately, that's the reality for many business leaders. They are trying to keep a legacy organization in many, or many cases running while trying to build a new mindset for a new organization, for a new world. So there's many different parts running at the same time. And it's really difficult to get it right. And it, I have so much empathy for leaders because they're measured on the present, which is basically decisions made in the past. And none of them really get credited for work they're going to do now that's going to benefit for the future. It's almost like a new football manager coming in and focusing a lot of his or her time on an academy on the next batch of players while trying to actually get the team to win the championship this year. Yeah, definitely. It's it's that kind of um, dual, I suppose, dual focus that's so difficult to to embed. And I, I love what you said there around the idea of this kind of the legacy idea, the the unwillingness to split from what what's kind of known, and this idea that we've been educated for predictability. I think that's really a really nice way of putting it. 
And actually, Aidan, one thing you mentioned in your session as well is that in order to move away from this kind of framework, it's all about changing the structure, but it's also about changing the mindset, the mental model, if you like, that underpins this, these actions that we take. Uh, would you be able to just expand on that a bit? Yeah, well, I think that the, the way, if you think about it, if you unwind a lot of this stuff, and, and actually just to put it in context, David, a lot of the work I've done stemmed from my period of life as a professional rugby player because I really wanted to understand places where I could have done better and where I did well and actually try and deconstruct that and kind of go what would I have done better not in a in a regretful (laughs) harking back to the past way but actually just to kind of go okay that's over now that period of my life wonder what I could have done and what I can learn from that experience to bring on to the future and one of the terms I use both in, in my talks, my workshops, but also in the book is that there's always assets in the ashes. And that comes from this idea of the Phoenix, where the Phoenix every 500 years or so through a life cycle burns itself up and from the ashes gathers what was useful. And that was the kind of mental model that I had during that period of time. So I really wanted to understand what made you be able to succeed and what actually stopped you from succeeding. And it was this idea of mindset. It was how you thought about things, how you thought about failures, how you accepted learnings, even if they were really difficult, how you envisaged things, because the very first aspect of a new reality is new thinking, new information to inform new thinking informs new realities. And when you understand that cycle, then you can take it on to the next step. So that's really where I was getting at was new information oftentimes that people don't have the time to even consume for is the first step to becoming new thinking within an organization because it mixes and it marinates with the thoughts and the legacy thoughts within that organization the paradigm which is this beautiful greek word that just means the pattern so the pattern of thinking within an organization and then that comes together to form a new reality in the future there's a natural resistance to change as human beings. And it's really fascinating when we actually look at kind of human nature, how it affects leadership, um, you know, kind of practices or, or behaviors. I suppose the, the question becomes, given that we see so many of these cautionary tales, uh, businesses that just don't keep up enough, that don't change, that are stuck in the old ways. And this kind of illustrates how today's successes can quickly fade into tomorrow's failures or even you know, worse. Why do you think leaders struggle so much to introduce that idea of permanent reinvention? It's a funny one, David, that the, we're, we're so resistant to change, given that we've adapted so much in our lives on this planet. Like at one stage, there's 20,000 amazing pairs of humans left on the planet. We were an endangered species. So we adapted magnificently over the decades and the centuries. And again, I think it's because of this period of peace and tranquility essentially that we've had for such a long period of time we've forgotten what it was like to be so adaptive and we've forgotten like what it was like to have a certain amount of struggle in our lives and that struggle is so important it's like i often think about like a muscle that doesn't get used it starts to atrophy and in the same way our changed muscle has atrophied in some way and one of the most remarkable things i found was if somebody, they did these studies on people with debilitating heart issues. And 
they found that when the doctors spoke to these patients and said, look, if you do not change your lifestyle, you are going to die. And you can imagine, right, this is me on a personal level saying this to an individual. And only 9% of people, David, are capable of making the changes needed for their own lives, let alone us then going as leaders in organizations going, we want everybody to change. (laughs) So the resistance to change on an individual level when your life depends on it is so huge. And we wonder why 75% to 90% of transformation efforts fail. It's, it's, It's so remarkable. But the thing is, again, we need this at a time more than ever before. We're about to see huge upheaval in the financial systems, whether people want to ignore that or not, but because of things like blockchain that are going to totally bring in a new web, which is where most people do their business today, is going to change how people have to think about that. Sales is going to have to change. We see this, the sales funnel has been totally inverted in businesses where most of us do our research well before we ever communicate with a sales rep. And that means a huge change to sales. So we really need to embrace this change. And I, I actually think one of the places we need to see the change is f- so further up the river or up the food chain, if you want to think about it that way, at board level and ownership level of organizations and shareholder level, because shareholders oftentimes expect return on investment. They want dividends paid. But, but leaders of organizations, for the sake of the longevity of the organization, need to invest in the future. And oftentimes, their futures they'll never actually see. And there's a beautiful saying, and I can't remember who said this, but the concept is beautiful, is that leadership really is about planting seeds for trees under, which, under whose shade you'll never sit. And I think that's the huge challenge, David, is leaders are going to go, okay, well, I'm not going to really benefit from these saplings that I start to plant today of the business for tomorrow. I'm not going to get any credit for that. Why would I risk everything? Why don't I just actually milk the cash cow and take as many eggs from the golden goose as I can today? Because tomorrow I'm not going to actually get recognized for any of that. And that's, that's a really, really difficult place to be. So this needs change at recognition level. At a board level, this needs change at an ownership level. So that investment in the future is actually applauded and it's recognized and it's rewarded. Yeah, as you kind of bring up the idea of investment in the future, I suppose something else that you mentioned in your your webinar was around the idea of this constantly learning, you know, and the idea that upskilling and equipping ourselves to continue to add value to our businesses is really critical and perhaps is something that is even more important now with, as you say, how quickly things are changing. And you mentioned during your session that every four years we should try to learn new skills, whatever they might be. Do you think organizations are cognizant of the advantages that this type of learning brings and what could they do maybe to accelerate it? Yeah, it's a a really another huge dilemma. Essentially, the Again, it's a similar problem where I invest in my people and it's really hard to show return on that investment because everybody, again, has a different mindset. Everybody learns at a different pace, just like in school, where thankfully we're a bit bit more aware of that today than we were decades ago. But because of that, 
some people are again going to resist the learning because they've had bad educational experiences in school they're not going to remember learning very much and another thing is a lot of learning isn't done very well in school in in a, or corporate education a lot of times people in tr trust into l d roles are actually more hr professionals where maybe they'll be do looking after the mechanical parts of and by that i mean the payroll, the administration of roles, maybe hiring, while LMD is a, is a different skill. And oftentimes they get bundled together. And as you identified there, learning needs to be hand in hand with innovation, because go back to our very first point, the way you change realities is first changing information that changes thinking, that changes realities, that becomes new realities for people. And therefore, right up at the very front, you need good information and you need it to be presented in a very story based, visual and compelling way that creates these aha moments for people. And that so that's a part of the system there needs reviewing and needs an updating. So we're really seeing this need for innovation at every level of learning within organizations and every level of acceptance of learning within organizations. And then on top of that, you go again, back to what we just talked about, back to the people who are looking for return on investment, go, look, I need to invest in these people in the future. And then the question always comes, and you've probably seen these memes where the CFO turns to the CEO and goes, what if we invest in people and they leave and the CEO returns and she says, what if we don't and they stay? <laughs> and yeah. that's the actual real dilemma for people because Again, if I'm getting bonused on EBITDA or return on investment, why would I invest in learning? Because it's very, very difficult to see the return on investment in that versus if I have a higher dividend to pay to my shareholders, I'm going to get a better bonus for myself. And therein lies another dilemma. It's just this world of dilemmas. And there's a, there's a beautiful concept that I hold in my head and I call it Janus leadership and Janus is this Greek god that had one face facing the future and one face facing the past and it's the root of the word January for example and I think of that as leaders today that they need to be looking to the future while being cognizant and hyper vigilant of the past because the past is actually what manifests in the present so this this constant looking forward and back the whole time it's extremely difficult to be a leader in this world. Yeah, definitely. The, the balancing act that needs to go on is, is uh, something that's extremely challenging, especially now. And you touched on innovation there, and I know you've worked extensively uh, in terms of innovation. How do you see a kind of, I suppose, for lack of a better term, a kind of an innovation imperative in a business fitting into this idea of permanent reinvention? Yeah, so firstly, the term innovation can be tricky because everybody sees it as a different thing. If you ask 100 people in an organization, what does innovation mean to you? They'll come back with a different answer. And that's really tricky because you're never starting from the same point. So you think about a leader suite in an organization, the C-suite, and they have their executive plan on what innovation is. And then they're, they're like, we mustn't be more innovative to the company. And to somebody in the company, maybe in one part of the organization, they're like going on, oh, that means we need to update our processes. To somebody else, it means, oh, we need transformational leader innovation, which means like 
a jump from you know the the horse and cart to the car so it's a it's a religious transformation of sorts this is where leadership and storytelling becomes so essential to harness people and point them in the same direction so everybody's moving generally towards the same direction which then brings you to metrics because metrics are often used as a, a stick to beat people within organizations but what metrics really are about is getting everybody to aim towards the same place and if you communicate it that way, it changes the mindset of people and changes how they embrace metrics. It changes how they embrace vision and it changes how then they're recognized and rewarded as well. So it actually changes behaviors. So th there's these little tweaks that you need to do. But the real difficulty that you alluded to there is if I've been successful in the past and I'm successful today, why would I deviate from the norm? Why would I change the plan? And that is the biggest challenge for organizations because our successes often lead to our failures and they blind us. There's a great saying from arguably the best rugby team in the world. Um, I know in Ireland we've argued this the last few years, but New Zealand have a great saying, which is that you remember your losses more than your, your wins. So you, you celebrate your, your victories, but you forget them quickly. And that's really difficult because there's two parts there. One is I need to be giving myself a pat on the back every so often and going, and go, that was great. Personally, I'm not very good at that. I know a lot of people aren't where we don't recognize the stuff we have done and the achievements we've had. But on the flip side, uh, pat on the back is not far from a kick in the arse. So you need to be vigilant for changes in your environment, in your business environment. You need to be open to opportunities and threats, see the threats. And when you're too focused on your successes and the way things have always been, your focus actually, you, you don't see the edges. And the edges where the new realities always begin. So you'll miss things. And some of those could be massive opportunities for your business. And you're kind of going, no, we're quite happy. We're going this way. Our business is, is going great. Why would I ever deviate? And the example I give is Nokia. And there's a part in the Nokia story many people don't know, which is, so if you bear in mind, in 2007, the iPhone came out. And it wasn't just the iPhone that killed Nokia. It wasn't just this new phone, this new computer-based phone with one button. It was a new business model. And Nokia clung to an old business model. And Apple innovated on every aspect from a logistics perspective, supply, they, the business model, the subsidized model with carriers, everything changed. So the whole, they innovated the whole system and Nokia couldn't keep up. But before the iPhone ever graced the stage, which it did in 2007, three years previously, David, in 2004, R&D engineers in Nokia came forward to senior leadership and they said, we have this new prototype for a phone. Our customers have been asking for something different. This one doesn't have a keyboard. It just has one button. And they pulled out this, this prototype of a phone that was essentially an early version of what became the iPhone. And they did the same for an iPad. And furthermore, they did the same for this concept they had called an app store course none of the team there knew what the heck they were talking they're like we'll sell these applications and it can be this new business model and this new 
income stream, this new revenue stream. And they were stared at in disbelief by the senior management and told to get out of the room and stopped, stop distracting them from making profits today. And that message, even the way you're viewed, if you're a dissenting voice, even what's known as a gainsayer, as opposed to a naysayer, a naysayer is somebody who calls out problems, offering no solutions. A gainsayer, on the other hand, is somebody in an organization who's like, look, here's an opportunity. We have all the tools in this organization to bring this to life. But if we keep on the plan we're on, it's just going to, we're going to run out of runway. There's not going to be enough market there in the future. And consumer tastes are changing. The business environment's changing. It's becoming more digital than ever before. So we need to lean into this new future. And therein, many, many times, those people who are listening to this, David, maybe it's you. I certainly have experienced this in my life. The way people look at you, it's their facial expressions, it's the nonverbals, as well as what they say next dictates what you will do in the future with your career. Oftentimes you leave because they will not embrace that because, oh, it's too much hassle. Why would I do that? Maybe I have three years left till retirement. Why would I go and invest in these saplings under which shade I'll never sit in the future? And they, all these things are in this mixing bowl of why we resist change so much. Yeah, it's a fascinating, uh, as I, the mixing bowl uh, metaphor, I think works very well. I was about to say, it's, there's a lot of things that go into kind of baking the perfect, uh, the perfect formula in this respect. Um, Aiden, just one more question for you. I wanted to just kind of get your general advice, uh, what general advice you would give to leaders, I suppose, if, who are looking to maybe change the mindset within the business, introduce more meaningful change uh, within their organization, something that can kind of stand the test of time. Um, what would you recommend in that respect? So the, the first thing that needs to change is, is how people think. So, so there's two ways to think about this, David. And oftentimes what happens is organizations lean on one. So think about, for example, oh, we need better communication in an organization. And somebody goes, oh, we need to bring in Yammer or, or we need to bring in Slack or some tool that will help people communicate. And then you're going to go, well, that's the mechanical fix, but what's the humanic fix? What's the human fix? And the human fix is, well, we need people to be more trusting environments so they'll communicate freely. They won't be fearful of judgment by others for maybe offering a half-baked idea or suggestion or being the devil's advocate and going, I don't agree with that. I don't think it's good enough as a marketing plan, whatever it is. So there's these, there's this dual transformation. There's, there's the, the mechanics of the business and then there's the humanics of the business. And in a similar way, your organization kind of is naturally split into exploit the present and the advantages that you have today and explore the future. So there's this explore and exploit split. And if you can assign some time as a leader to exploring, and that can start with reading, it can start with podcasts, it can start with taking a course, bringing in a keynote speaker into your organization, because this then starts to change how people think. And leaders sometimes look for change from their people and often will condemn their people and kind of go, oh, if only they'd change. And you need to sometimes, when you point the finger, realize there's three pointing back at yourself. 
and the change in others begins with the change in you so you need to change how you see things you need to change how you react and respond to change and to attempts at change within an organization because here's one of the big realities about this is that most times you try something new you'll fail at it because you're really inventing the future and you're trying to figure out how to figure things out and i always say this and this is a well-worn cliche at this stage think about a kid trying a bike for the first time or trying to walk you wouldn't be like going on oh yeah fell again you idiot because it's something new they've never ever done before and they have to figure it out and the same for innovation the same for even the small experiments that you will start with you got to figure them out and it's how you as a leader respond to the falls when people fall that will actually dictate how they will behave in the future couple that right so that's the human side with mechanics and the mechanics could be there's structures in the organization for people at the edges again that term to be able to share thoughts back to me and the strategic making the decision making team of an organization because we need information from the edges from that interface between our organization and the environment which is usually sales teams or customers sales, service reps who are hearing what customers are saying you need to read that stuff because that is where the changes start and as the great futurist and science fiction writer william gibson said all change starts at the edges the future's already here it's just not evenly distributed yet exactly the future hasn't been written but it's it's there for leaders to write and as you say the getting that change muscle activated um becoming more adaptable and getting the balance right in terms of explore exploit and uh, so so critical uh aid mccullen i want to thank you so much for your time today really really appreciate it my pleasure david